had rallied hundreds of people. And we met in the uh, Amer- uh, uh, African-American, uh, African Methodist Episcopal AME Church in Austin as a show of our support and our love and our unwillingness to let racism take a foothold any further or any deeper in our culture or in our city. This is Charisma Connection. I'm Chris Johnson. Pastor Trey Kent is senior pastor at Northwest Fellowship, and Dr. Kai Bowman is senior pastor of Hyde Park Baptist Church, and they're with me today. If you ever wanted to see your city or your area transformed by the gospel, today is the day to listen. In short, the answer we're all looking for is effective prayer. But how do you get there? Not just for yourself, your family, your church, but for your entire city or town. Pastor Kent and Dr. Bowman have seen thousands of believers come together to pray for one of America's largest and most unchurched cities, and that's the city of Austin, Texas. So, so gentlemen, do tell uh, what led to your book, City of Prayer, Transform Your Community Through Praying Churches. That's a great question, Chris. Yeah. One day, it was 2008, my wife and I were on a prayer walk, and uh, we felt clearly God speaking to us that he wanted Austin to be covered in 24-7 prayer by the local churches adopting one day of prayer and uh, so the city could be covered in 24-7 prayer. And so that began in 2009 as we began casting the vision for churches to adopt a day of prayer, one day of prayer every month to pray for the city for 24 hours. And uh, we started with 31 churches and have been growing. So for the past 11 years, our city's been covered in 24-7 prayer by churches. Now we're upwards and towards 100 churches in our city that are praying. And uh, it's caused a real unity movement. And so that kind of is the heart of why we wrote the, uh, the book, to tell a little bit of the story and some of the history. Kai can jump in here. Well, the book itself, thanks, this is Kai, uh, the book itself came about, Trey and I had been invited to speak at uh, National Day of Prayer Leadership Summit last year, and Dr. Ronnie Floyd, who was the president of the National Day of Prayer last year, heard our testimony and brought us aside and said, guys, you need to write a book. So he put us in touch with a publisher, and that's how the book itself came about. But the story is greater than the book. The story is what Trey is talking about. Uh, churches, thousands of people praying to see a city transformed. Mm-hmm. And the movement actually is called the Unceasing Prayer Movement. I love that title. And, and mm-hmm. it's a, a faith-filled title. <laughs> so who, who was behind uh, getting this started? Well, what happened... Chris, was when we came back from that prayer walk, I was so moved by the fact that God said He wanted a city covered in 24-7 prayer that I asked the Lord, is this even biblical? And the immediate response I got was 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. Mm. And so when I said, well, what do we even name this thing we're trying to start? And that's when it came, unceasing prayer movement. And so that's uh, that's kind of how the, the name got going. And the vision really is to see the city covered in unending prayer 
until Jesus comes back. I mean, we, we really want to see our city changed. Mm-hmm. Well, clearly you're invested in Austin, Texas. Now, tell us about Austin, and, and why does it need prayer? <laughs> this is a good question. This is Kai. Austin is the, about the 11th uh, largest city in the United States and one of the most unchurched cities in the United States. Uh, we have about 2 million residents, and somewhere around 180,000 of them are disconnected from a church or any religious organization whatsoever. Very secular city. And yet we have a desperation within the body of Christ. Uh, all denominations, different size of churches, different racial groups, we all sense that now is the time to cover our city in prayer, to speak the Word of God, to evangelize, and to see our city changed. And that begins, we believe, through a prayer movement. History demonstrates that every great move of God has been preceded by prayer. And we believe we're in the greatest global prayer movement in the history of the world. And so we believe that this is what's happening in Austin is really just a piece of what God is doing all over the world. So our city needs Jesus just like every city needs Jesus. And as we've been praying and as we've been uh, finding favor with uh, other churches and other pastors have jumped on board, uh, we began to see that this is a reproducible model that uh, God has given to us, and we, we're here to try to help other pastors pick this same uh, model or something close to it and for their city as well. Well, let me ask you this. What does it really mean to build a culture of prayer? Mm-hmm. Great well, question, a, Trey. You want to go ahead? Yeah, I. well, I'll say... It's something that Dr. Bowman and I and the pastors in Austin, we're working on. It's a, it's a big, amazing question. For us, we, we believe it begins, an easy way to begin is to adopt a day of prayer every month for your city. And if you'll do that, what happens is you're calling people to pray for 24 hours. Someone's going to pray at 2 a.m. Someone's going to pray at 3 a.m. And it just shows the seriousness of it. It kind of awakens the church. We, we started doing this in 2008 when the Lord spoke to me about this. And it really began to shake our church. So every month we say, we need people on the wall crying out for our city. And that was the beginning for us of building the culture of prayer. Now, there's a lot of steps that churches have to take. And this is what's so great about this, Chris, is we want the pastor to lead for their church. We believe pastors have been on the side in the prayer movement for far too long. It's time for pastors to step up and say, God is calling us to be a house of prayer and lead it the way that, that the pastor thinks it should go in the church. The adopting a day of a prayer is just the on-ramp to the church beginning the process of building a culture of prayer. I know Kai's been at it a long time, too, trying to, to build one in his own church, so he'll have some responses. Well, the idea of a culture of prayer, Trey already touched on it. Uh, it does, from a practical standpoint, it must begin with the pastor. The pastor must believe that prayer is a primary. Uh, and that takes us back, of course, to the New Testament. When Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer, did he mean it? So when you go to the book of Acts, you see that, uh, as one of the pastors here in the city uh, said recently, Everything in the book of Acts happens at a prayer meeting, 
after a prayer meeting or on the way to a prayer meeting. So we just believe that Jesus meant it when he said, my house will be called a house of prayer. And as pastors catch that vision, prayer doesn't replace other ministries. Prayer simply energizes all the other ministries. And uh, without a culture of prayer, we're just trying to do the work of the ministry in a way that Jesus never intended. Well, I imagine it is hard for pastors when they feel the weight of preparing their sermons every week and uh, all of the other ministries of the church, perhaps building a campus. We can forget the priorities, right? And, you know, many churches have have just a very small group of intercessors. How does that grow in each church through your movement? Well, we try to encourage the pastors to cast the vision that the entire church are the intercessors. It's not a few people, but it's all of us. And once that vision is understood that we're all to be on the wall crying out for the city, it changes, and especially people that have never been a part of this. And one of the questions, so a lot of times a church will have 24 people adopt a one-hour prayer so they can be covered in 24 hours. Some churches do 30 minutes. Well, immediately someone says, well, how do I pray for an hour? And so that's when we begin the process of doing some training, getting some good prayer guides to help people begin to see that we're all a part of this. It's not just those six or eight or ten intercessors that have been so key in the church. Now it's all of us. And uh, we've seen lots of ways that's happened as well as prayer guides, as well as some of the seasoned people um, praying with others on their hour prayer to help them. So I think this this model really helps because it calls the whole church. And then what we encourage pastors to do is after, after you have 24 people doing it, try to get 48, two every hour and three every hour, begin to build that monthly Um, intercessory time with your entire church. I would simply add to all of that that you've asked us an an easy question, and that (laughs) is, how do you get churches to do it? That's why we wrote the book. The book really discusses uh, not just what God has done here, although it is a testimony to what God has done and is doing, but the book is really a a blueprint, a high-level blueprint that a pastor can take and begin to reproduce some of the principles uh, into his own context. But it all begins, really, with that pastor. And uh, when he finds those 500-plus references to prayer in the Word of God, he has plenty of resources at his fingertips to help his people. The other thing that I would mention on this subject, and I'll just be brief, I believe with all my heart, that the people of our churches are desperate for a touch from God. And when a pastor really begins to lead out in this area and say prayer is going to be the primary thrust of our church and the energy behind our church, I find that the people of the church are ready to jump on board with that plan. Mm. They're waiting for a leader, perhaps. Right. Well, what effects have you seen from this ongoing prayer effort among churches, even socioeconomic groups, and the city at large? Sure. Well, we do talk a lot about that in our book, and there are 
obviously more things that we want to see and we continue to pray into. Our greatest cry is for spiritual awakening to touch every aspect of our culture. And we are still, you know, praying for that. But there are some definite things that we have seen, and I'll just be real quick here. But the one thing that I want to speak to is a real current issue in our culture, and that is the issue of racial uh, tension and racism. Uh, Back a few years ago, there was that terrible shooting in the Mother Emanuel Church uh, in, I believe, June of 2015. Uh, I may be wrong on those dates, but I believe I'm right. I believe you're talking about Charleston? Yes, in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. A terrible national tragedy, a group of people praying in their church. A deranged white man walks in, joins them for prayer, and then kills, you know, people in the church while they're praying. It was a national tragedy. One week later, exactly one week later, the following Wednesday night, our prayer movement had rallied hundreds of people. And we met in the uh, Amer- uh, uh, African-American, uh, African Methodist Episcopal AME Church in Austin mm-hmm. as a show of our support and our love and our unwillingness to let racism take a foothold any further or any deeper in our culture or in our city. So we connected uh, one of the guys on our team had a great relationship with the AME pastor, Jordan McWinozzi. Uh Pastor Jordan welcomed us. We had standing room only. We had overflow crowds in all the rooms where they could overflow. And literally hundreds of us uh, gathered for one of the most fantastic prayer meetings we've had one week after that tragedy. Now, I believe that the reason we were able to gather so quickly is because the prayer movement, the infrastructure for the prayer movement was already in place. The tracks had already been laid. We'd been doing this already for several years. Out of that uh, came a great relationship with Pastor Jordan McWinozzi, the pastor of the AME Church, and he is now part of our team. So that's just one example, and I could go into several others, which we talk about in the book, including nature miracles and uh, you know, a lot of other things that are very obvious. But the other thing I would mention real quickly, and I'll, if Trey wants to talk on this, he can add a lot. There's a spirit of unity among the pastors and the churches of our city. And it doesn't matter what size the church is, what denomination the church is, or what racial uh, group the church is predominantly. There's unity in Austin, Texas, among the body of Christ. And that, we that's an amazing that statement right there. We believe that this is a direct answer to prayer. Uh, Trey's been here 25 years as a pastor. I've been here 22 years as a pastor. Uh, we talked to other pastors who have been here 25-plus years. None of us have ever seen the level of unity among churches that we see today in Austin or anywhere else we've ever served. And we believe that it is a direct result of the prayer movement. Yeah, I think that's exactly right, Chris. The, the unity is unprecedented in our, what we've seen, and, and a lot of it really began as we prayed together. We're seeing other movements in the city that are 
uh, doing evangelism and outreach to schools. I mean, there's just been an incredible move. Um, one of the clearest miracles we saw um, was around 2013, our, our lake, which is our water source, Lake Travis, was about one-third full, I mean, two-thirds empty. And the city council, pretty much all their experts said, it's going to be a dust bowl in 20 years. And there's too many people moving in. There's no solution for this. But we felt it was our call as pastors, because the Bible says that if, if I, God says, if I shut up the heavens and there's no rain, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. Well, we, we took it upon ourselves to go to the city council, tell them we wanted to pray for the rain, pray for them. And then we had a prayer meeting at Dr. Bowman's church, Hyde Park. We had a thousand Christians from around the city join for a rain and revival prayer meeting. And uh, Chris, I want to tell you, when we began praying, it began raining. And we saw an astounding um, move of God through rain, and all the pastors in the city saw it. They knew we were doing it. The television, the, the news stations had covered it. And so this was an incredible opportunity for the whole city to see God over the next months fill that lake. And uh, it was it's just astounding to see what he did, and it was astounding for us. And it was a great unifying element to, for the prayer movement to say our God does answer huge prayers and huge needs. And very practical prayers. Yes. Very practical. Touched and every person in this city. I was just going to ask you, have you had any response from the authorities to what you're trying to do, or are they even aware of it? <laughs> I guess they're aware of it. <laughs> I, they were aware of it. Uh, I believe that uh, there was. they were a little bit skeptical, as you can imagine, in a city like ours. Mm-hmm. And when the news media reported that a group of Christians were having a prayer meeting for rain because we were in an historic drought in central Texas. I think, honestly, they were a little bit tongue-in-cheek, like, can you believe this? <laughs> and then it started raining, and it didn't stop, and it it takes millions and millions of gallons of water to fill a 19,000-square-acre lake. And it's full, and it has continued to stay full now for about three and a half years. How about and we're in good shape. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. And, Chris, we we just finished a few days ago um, what we call 24 by 7, where we asked seven churches to have live prayer and worship 24 hours a day for seven days. And of course, we have 24-7 prayer going all the time. We asked seven churches to do it live, to invite the congregation, to invite the community to come and be prayed for and to pray with us, pray for our city to have worship. And we just finished that, and, and prior to that, we asked the mayor and the leaders of the city, and they gave us their prayer request. I mean, hmm. they know we're praying. I don't know what they think about it, but we, <laughs> our vision, Chris, is to see Austin be the most prayed-for city in America. And we, we want to see God change our city. Jesus died for way more than we've seen so far, but we're beginning to see some, but we want all that Jesus died and rose again for here in our city. Uh, that's very cool. So I expect some of our listeners will want to learn more about the Unceasing Prayer Movement and your book, City of Prayer, which is from Prayer Shop Publishing. Is there a website they can go to to learn more about those things? The local Austin Unceasing Prayer Movement is austinpraise, P-R-A-Y-S dot O-R-G, austinpraise.org. Mm-hmm. That's our local um, um 
brand of the unceasing prayer. Amazing thing happened a few years ago. Um, the Billy Graham Association was coming into capital cities doing um, big crusades or big prayer meetings at the Capitol, and we met some of the key Billy Graham guys. Well, one of them we met was the regional manager over 10 states, Brian Ollerich. He was so moved with what God was doing in Austin, he wanted to do it in New Mexico. Hmm. And uh, he launched it. We helped him launch in New Mexico. And now God has called him to leave Billy Graham. And now he's leading a movement called America Praise, which flowed right out of what happened in Austin. So AmericaPraise.org is a nationwide organization that is actually taking the same model as taking it to states across America. And uh, the book itself can be, you can get it at prayershop.org or Amazon or Christian or anywhere, book. any Christian bookstores, really. <laughs> right? Yeah, anywhere. So, as we close, is there anything you would like to leave our listeners with uh, before I ask you to pray? I'll just jump in. Say, Ty, go, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Okay, my thing is, I I just want to say to any pastor out there listening, and to that this can be done in any church. It doesn't matter what size church it is. Doesn't matter if it's a house church a large church or a small church, the beautiful thing is this movement uh, can deeply impact any church, no matter the size. And we've seen that happen in our city. And it's a, it's a great encouragement as a pastor to know your people are praying for you and for the city. So I just want to give some encouragement to pastors out there listening. Hmm. I would say the same thing. So I'll, Trey said everything I would say right there. All right, I see we're in unity here. <laughs> yeah. Well, would you like to pray for our listeners who might like to start one of these movements in their area or want to commit to pray in this powerful way? Yes. I'll go ahead. Father, in Jesus' name, we come before you, the great hearer and the one who answers prayer. Lord, we thank you today for this opportunity to share your message about the urgent need for the body of Christ to pray. Father, I pray that pastors and everyone listening right now will be encouraged. Lord, I pray we would all seek your face. And Lord, I pray that pastors around this country would, would just simply say, Lord, do it in our church. And Lord, raise up a prayer movement that would sweep across this United States and change this country for God's glory and God's send, we pray, the greatest spiritual awakening we have ever seen as a result of your people praying. Yes, and I agree. Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit will be poured out across the listeners listening, the churches, the pastors, the uh, Lord, the prayer warriors, and that you would inspire us by the Spirit, Lord, to see a prayer movement started in our homes, in our lives. Lord, in, in, our, in our staff as churches, in our, in our families, Lord, in our neighborhoods, Lord, in our, in our churches, Lord, we want to see a prayer movement that shakes this nation, Lord, and revival, Lord, starts, and it changes our nation, and once again, launches us out to be, Lord, the evangelist to the world, where we can take the gospel again with power to every tribe and every nation. Thank you so much, Jesus, for what you're doing. And we celebrate you today in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 
Amen. Pastor Trey Kent and Dr. Kai Bowman, I say thank you for being with us on Charisma Connection today. But more importantly, thanks for leading us in this area of prayer in the church, and it's going to have an impact across our country. So we appreciate your efforts in leading this important movement. Thank you. Thank you. Listeners, thank you for spending time with us today on Charisma Connection. If you'd like to learn more about the guests we have on this podcast, please visit cpnshows.com. And while you're there, you'll want to check out one of our other new shows with host Dennis Funderburg of Five Crowns International Ministries. He has a show called Jesus is Still Jesus. So we'll see you next time here on Charisma Connection. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.